0: Oscar Poker
1: It's just really nice to to be, uh, uh, and I slept ten hours, which is the greatest thing that's happened to me in, in months. Do you guys sleep ever ten hours ever? Hardly ever happens to me. Mm.
2: Or- yeah, not yeah, usually. Occasionally. Yeah,
3: uh, you do <laughs> on your <laughs> own. You sleep ten hours. If if yeah, I mean it usually. You know, when I come back from like a, an event like CinemaCon or, or something like that, um, yeah, I'll I'll make sure to set aside some time and just sleep and, and catch up. You have to. You can't. You can't let yourself go for too long. Well, that's what I Six, seven.
1: That's my life, letting myself go so too long.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, It'll tough. catch up to you one way or the other. And it, I, it, I think you know, you notice the little changes. I think your your work suffers a little bit if you yep. if you do that too long. So that's yeah. very true. Can yeah.
1: we uh, talk about the pressing issue of the moment, uh, which is that bear in in uh, in Canada oh, who found a guy who had been convicted of murder and uh, but he was. Um, uh, had gotten paroled and uh, the guy uh, um, got in a car accident and he was unconscious or dead, one of the two. And the bear came along Sorry. and saw him there and broke the window and ate half of him and then dragged him away.
2: Oh, my God. When did this happen? I did not see that.
1: Well, it's uh, yesterday or something and there's more news about today. What, what? I mean, the bear just, is you know, they find something recently dead I don't know how bears are compared to lions and tigers, but that's their nature. Was it a grizzly bear? Uh, I don't think it said grizzly, but it was well, uh, it must a have bear been. big enough to eat a guy, a half of a guy. And then he dragged him off, and you know, some of them were saved for later. Or, you know, there's, I don't know, do bears share with their uh, friends or their cums? Anyway, uh, they, they euthanized the bear, euthanized him. Yeah. It's like, listen, we've got to set an example here. If any of us happens to be unconscious or dead, we don't want to get eaten. So we're going to kill you, and we hope the word gets around to your friends. No, that that's not it.
2: It's it's about it, once they develop a taste for human flesh, they have to be killed. That's just the True? way it is in the bear world. Yeah.
1: What about the They've rest killed. of that's not. That's why if you go to
2: Yosemite, they'll say, if you feed the bears, if you leave your cooler out, you're going to kill bears. Because we have to kill them once they menace people, and we don't like killing bears, and it's your fault. So that those grizzly bears that killed those people in Yellowstone, they had to be put down. that was the saddest story. Even the cubs of the mommies have to be put down because they're taught to hunt humans, and that just can't be allowed. So um, the ones one any, deal, any bear one that eats human a human
1: makes them carnivores for humans. They forget everything else they've eaten all their lives they've had one meal
2: humans are easy easy gets they're easy meats so if they usually they don't eat humans they they don't you know they they don't come near humans but once they get a taste of the human flesh then they're going to start hunting humans and they're going to teach their young to hunt humans and then they will be exterminated
1: i I thought that the average human today tastes pretty bad with all the junk food and all the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably i wouldn't think so why would they say
1: hey do you hear i just had a human yesterday man why was i eating salmon all this time i mean yeah it's from just learned... on, it's human oh. beings human beings and more human beings that's all i care about
2: well the black bears were it's even worse because the stupid humans were feeding them all kinds of crap from you know fast food to junk food and the bears were getting all unhealthy and sick and fat and mm-hmm. um that took them decades to get people to stop feeding the bears, so and now mm-hmm. they 're just living a, you know and it 's a hard life for a bear just hunting you know just getting berries and stuff like that it's it 's not probably not pleasant they 're starving all the time, and it 's so much easier just to go and eat amer you know fast food that 's sitting there mm-hmm. but um but that 's their natural way, and the rangers work really hard to keep them safe so that they don't get wiped out like the grizzly uh, bears in california did because they were eating humans you know so they're trying to preserve the bears by doing that it's a sad thing i agree but what else are they going to do they can put them in a zoo it's the only other option
1: i see you haven't got me convinced and you will never convince me that eating one person <laughs> that they're such Totally into eating humans and nothing else. That's ridiculous.
2: Well, that's what they say. Easy gets. Well, they're,
1: they're wrong. And if I run that department, I, <laughs> I'm changing the rules. You, you got to cut them a little bit of slack. <laughs> cut
0: them slack. <laughs> that's so cute. What
1: do
2: you think? I don't know. I, I, I defer to the rangers who. You live You seem with to the be bears.
1: advocating kill the bear. No, I don't
2: think so. I'm I'm advocating. I think it's depressing and sad. I, I wish it was just a matter of um, dog mm-hmm. eat dog, animal eat animal, but it's not that way. They have to – humans are everywhere. And so the second that a bear starts killing a human, that's it. They're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or else they're wiped well, I, out.
1: I, I, um, so let's talk uh, first and foremost. We can't talk to Tom O'Neill because he said I can't do it. I just want, we can talk to him next week. Okay. We've got plenty of time to talk about the – the oscar 2013 or rather oscar 2012 predictions that he made we can do that next next weekend um, um we should first and foremost talk about what happened with snow white and the huntsman at the theaters um um did you feel believe what universal was putting about they were were they deliberately lowballing, uh, knowing full well that when it surpassed the lowball Austin estimates that people would go wow surprise hit
3: yeah, I mean, that's what happened here because our prediction up until a couple of weeks ago was in the 50 to 55 million range. And then we kind of, you know, drank the Kool Aid a little bit and, and got scared and, and lowered our prediction to around uh, 43. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it, it came in and, you know, did, I think um, the, the number right now, the final will come in today, but it's at 56 million domestic. Um, and the, the worldwide is close to 100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's off to a really good start. Right. And, um, you know, I saw it last night. I'm, I'm with you, Jeff, on it. I mm-hmm. didn't have a bad time with it at all, actually. I, I kind of respected it. Yeah. Um, the look, the look's good. Um, I, I like Charlize Theron camping it up. I'm a fan of, you know, crazy villains just going off the deep end. So I like that part of it. And, yeah, it's, it was pretty agreeable. So that's um, Precisely that's-
1: what I didn't like about it, like I wrote in the column, a, a villain is not worth doing unless, one, he or she is like, a little like somebody you've known. they got to be, you know, they can't just be fiends from the from hell. They have to be about something that's part of the human experience. And, two, there has to be a good, a, the writing of a villain, what is good about this person? What is at least pitiable about this person? You can't just have them spout fangs and and bite into people's necks and be absolutely ruthless in their venality it's boring because you figure okay why are they doing that i know because people want to see venal ridiculous villains and that's all they had her do they
2: and Mm -hmm. it was that
1: plus you know her
2: no i disagree jeff completely i I guess maybe you have to be a woman to to know it but Uh, She was very pitiable to me at the end. It wasn't her fault that she was the way she was. She was raised to be that way, and her beauty was tied in with her power, and if she lost her beauty, she lost her power, and she was evil. You know, we're talking about a fairy tale, so there's good and there's evil. There's black and white, and she was the embodiment of evil. I think people aren't used to seeing women as wholly evil. You have to go back to Disney to really see that, although sometimes you do, but... um, but I liked Charlize. I agree with Phil. She was, she was for me, like the, the, the most enjoyable part of the movie. I liked all of it, personally, and so did my 14-year-old daughter. But I especially liked Charlize. I just, I just enjoyed watching her dig into that role. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, she just
3: had a great time with it. I yeah, think. she
2: really did. She did. You know? And
3: I remember, it's funny, at CinemaCon, I think she made a reference to the fact that, that she dropped um, uh, uh, Jack and Nicholson can't... in The Shining was her um, reference point. Jack Nicholson so, and The
2: Shining? Oh, it's great. Yeah,
3: and, and knowing that and then watching the movie, I, I picked up on it a little bit. There, the, Some of the mannerisms were there a little bit, so it was it was cool to see that.
2: That's so funny. Wow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: What were you saying, Jeff? Sorry.
1: I uh, just a, what was the um, intrigue or the point of the weak, pathetic albino brother? <laughs> uh, what was all that about? <laughs> That didn't do anything. That's just like, okay, he's an, he's dumb enough so that he's going to be weak enough so that Kristen Stewart can escape from the tower, which I wanted to see, naturally. So Well, I, the up,
2: only part yeah. of him that... This might be a spoiler, and I apologize if it is. You can turn it off for a few minutes, but if you haven't seen the movie, but...
1: Yes, you don't want to... This is a really, really important movie. You don't no, wanna, uh, I
2: don't uh, want to get yelled uh, at for ruining it. But, um, but the only part of his character that I had a problem with was when he told that guy that... She couldn't bring his wife back I mean, that was a dumb move Nobody's that stupid, you know Obviously he's he's not going to live very long If that's, you know what I mean right. Like his only way of, of, of Convincing the guy to kill Snow White Was to tell yeah. him that he could bring the wife back
3: Right, know? exactly I mean, Maybe yeah. he's
2: just stupid, maybe that was just evidence of his stupidity
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a plot device, he wasn't a character there, You know, there yeah. was nothing there yeah. In right. terms of substance I mean, they, they tried to kind of do a half-ass attempt yeah. at building him up as a character but they really didn't they didn't really care about that every every second they spent on him was a a second they had to take away from theron so
2: right right i I wish he had gotten more to do a little bit you know because i thought he was interesting the actor portraying that part but
3: oh god
1: (laughs) he was interesting and that awful haircut i mean (laughs) that haircut
2: (laughs) oh Oh, my daughter and her friends—they have this thing. It's probably a meme. Like Phil probably knows about it, and I'm sure. But I'm so old, I don't know. But but they just say, you know, that something like dat hair or something. And mm-hmm. my daughter, when she first saw uh, um, Rutger Hauer on Blade Runner, she just said that hair. <laughs> and then when <laughs> she saw <laughs> she saw this guy in that movie, she was like, all I was thinking was that hair. <laughs> it was <so> funny. <laughs> that air. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> but yeah, it was a Dutch boy haircut. Dutch boy haircut never fails. It's always funny in a movie. Yeah. But I enjoyed the, yeah. it thoroughly. I mean, I, I thought it was, it was fun and interesting. I was happy that
1: Come on. Everybody in the world is saying that it didn't work for her to be a uh, King Henry V in, uh, in you know, and she, she was not Laurence Olivier behind the breastplate. She's not a formidable warrior. You can't believe in that. It's one thing to be maybe agile and skilled as a marshal. Supp- Are you talking about
2: Kristen Stewart?
1: No, I'm talking about... Oh, yes, I'm sorry,
2: yes. Oh, Kristen's, but, but Kristen end. Stewart has been locked in a tower most of her life. How is she going to become a formidable warrior? She's she's born to be beautiful. That's it. And to save the kingdom with her pure purity and her beauty. It's a fairy tale. You know, what's she going to do? Suddenly go to, you know, like Jennifer Lopez and Enough and, and get trained, you know, to, to fight and to kill? They never had that scene. They never had the, the Luke Skywalker with... Um, with what's-his-name yeah. scene, where she, where she becomes a formidable fighter. They could have thrown that in, but it's a fairy tale and she's not supposed to fight. She's supposed to have the aura of being a savior. And, you know, we buy it if it's a guy, certainly, but they never... Harry Potter, for instance, but it's hard to buy if it's a female, I guess. I thought she was fine. Yeah, I, I
1: see. Very, speaking but of, that part time. of it
3: kind of hides the tension, too, for me. Because when she first puts on, you know, the, the armor and everything and she's on a horse, you're thinking, wow, she's outmatched. Like, what what the hell is she doing this for? I mm-hmm. I like that, you know? I, I like that feeling of she's up against something that is stronger than she is. I think that works. So... Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think she's meant to look, you know, strong and brave. I think she's meant to look weak and out of her element.
2: Right. And they never sold her out, you know? They didn't. I mean, if she had suddenly turned into Kate Beckinsale and could, like... Lay out twelve men at once. How unrealistic and stupid would that be? You know, it wouldn't have made any sense. She did what she was capable of doing, you know, which all right. was all kind of mystical powers that she had, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and coming up at the end and saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna take over the kingdom." You know, she so easily could have just run off with that guy and had like a happy little life somewhere.
1: Um, you know, Charlize Theron, and a pinch, is able to call upon these CG demonic figures that, uh, that can turn into uh, soldiers with, with, with wa- weapons, and, um, uh, but she has the powers to create these kind of you know, CG goblins, right? Just the way Margaret, what, what was her name who played the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz? Margaret, not Hamilton. Dumont, nor, not Sullivan. Hamilton. Hamilton. Just the way she could send the monkeys into this, into the forest to get the. So why didn't Charlie Theron send send these goblins, these CG goblins, into the forest to find her? Why does she have to hire a guy, or you
0: know,
1: you know, du- du- dupe a guy into thinking, you know, I'll get your dead wife back if you find her? Why did it come to that level? That wasn't a very good story. Why bring in all that supernatural stuff if they're not going to use it? I mean, well, she's obviously- what,
2: what, from what I gathered, um, she needed to suck on the youth of, 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 and beauty of young women to get that power. Like, she had uh-huh. to draw from them to get it. She didn't just naturally have it, and it took a lot out of her. So I, yes. I'm thinking she had to use it sparingly, but maybe I'm just filling in gaps in the story that you know mm-hmm. don't make sense. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. You know, Period. But... If I had to fill in the gap, that's what I would say was that she didn't did have. The uh,
1: young redheaded woman whose youth she sucked out—you uh, know—she picks her up and sucks her youth out, and and she leaves her an old, white-haired, withered, uh, uh, you know, 75-year-old. Didn't that woman regain her youth at the end? Was yeah. that I, Am I misremembering?
2: No, she did. Just as the forest regained its its nat- natural state, you know, and everything came back to life. Okay. Because when her when the evil died, then everything mm-hmm. that she took came back. Right, right, okay. So,
1: did you happen to notice, by the way, at the very end, it kind of reminds you of the finale of Star Wars, which yep. at the time? Yep. Remember, Phil, it was uh, people were saying when that came out that it reminded them of <clears throat> scenes in Lenny Riefenstahl's Triumph of the Will, which is about the uh, Nazi rally in 1934. Um, but I was just noticing that, that uh, Kristen Stewart is standing in front with everybody kind of just you know, wrapped and still and at attention in a sense. And she's kind of at attention. But at the last second before the film cuts to black in the credits, she moves. She shifts her weight from one leg to the other. And you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to be like a uh, guard at Buckingham Palace. You're not supposed to be kind of, you know vulnerable or human you're supposed to like be ramrod straight and somehow they left that in now this is natural for anybody to do that if you're asked to stand for minutes on end you're going to shift your weight sooner or later but they left it in i thought it was really bizarre see i, I noticed that you guys don't even know what i'm talking about no no, no. i didn't pick
2: up at all. i'm
1: sorry <laughs> i'm just saying little stuff like that is what makes a movie uh, you know.
2: I was thinking, me and my daughter and I were having this kind of debate because when I was young and I was her age, Star Wars was, you know, like my favorite movie, and I thought Luke Skywalker was to die for, and I thought Harrison yeah. Ford was gross, just like I always <laughs> thought Fred Astaire was the hot one and Gene Kelly was gross. But as I grew up, of course, oh. I realized that Harrison Ford was the hot one and Gene Kelly was the hot one. Mm-hmm. And But my daughter is still in the phase where she thought that the younger guy was a better match for Kristen Stewart. Yeah. And I wanted to tell her no no it's the other guy i said when you get older you'll realize it's the other guy who's the cute one she's like he's too old for her he's not he's gross you know and so you know to a degree we were both a little bit disappointed that it turned Mm -hmm. into a jacob edward situation again but Mm -hmm. on the other hand you know the movie doesn't turn on her necessarily on her relationship with them i mean she is who she is and i guess she was awakened by true love's kiss, so the true love was the Huntsman, and not, mm-hmm. not a, mm-hmm. and not uh, the other guy. But I just thought that was. I funny. liked him.
1: Uh, we were chill and I were talking about that. I thought that uh, that Chris uh, Hemsworth uh, was actually pretty decent. I didn't have any problem, big problems with him. He was okay. The Huntsman. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I like. Yeah, other guys. he's he's going to be huge now. I mean,
2: he's going to be this huge. On,
3: on top of Avengers. I mean, watch out. He's going to yeah. be you know getting the big action roles now
2: totally and he's cute really cute yeah he's cuter in real life than he is in the movie like they do make him look a lot older and, and readier than he is um where
1: did you see him in real life in just in,
2: in paparazzi photos and stuff he's like blonde i mean he's he's really good looking <laughs> but uh but in the movie he he looks ragged and Mm-hmm. I liked his character, though. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen a good, ru- rugged character like that. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: You know, really down on his luck and and bummed out and missing his wife. And I thought he was a good match for her character, kind of in between fatherly and boyfriendy. You know, it was. Mm-hmm. It, um, I didn't think it was a bad movie. You know, it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I'm glad it opened at number one. Obviously, because you know my agenda is always, you know movies that have women in the leads can stop sure. in movies and this one did along with hunger right. games
1: right you know no I didn't, I didn't hate it i didn't come out like consumed with loathing i was you know i, I kind of shrugged my shoulder yeah okay yeah it wasn't too bad and i, I, I like the discipline in the visual compositions yeah he's trying very hard to make something uh, respectable in that sense so that was that was okay right yeah so, so can we talk Briefly about what we think is going to happen, Phil. About with um, with um, uh, Prometheus because we we have both seen it. Sasha has not. So. No,
3: I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, no. Well,
1: that's, that's that's have, one have of them definitely. whole media on everything in New York by this point.
3: I no, I mean you know me. I always wait when it comes to the blockbusters. I wait for opening weekend. Otherwise, I become you know my my own opinion of it gets into the prediction and that's not a good thing
2: i love that Um, attitude uh,
3: yeah i i have to stay objective especially with something like this i mean if you go to a all media screening it's going to be all the fanboys that you know finagled their way in and and they're going to be you know excited i want to see this with you know people who aren't doing it for a living people who you know are paying to see it so
2: i think that's right but i mean
3: it's yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Sasha.
2: No, I was just going to say I I think that's right on the money. I used to feel that way about the Oscars too. Like I used to deliberately hold myself back because the, the insular opinions of bloggers and stuff in, in terms of the Oscar race in the old days didn't matter. Nowadays it does matter because they really do shape opinion mm-hmm. um, and not so much with box office obviously at all. But but in terms of the Oscars, they really do. So that's why I've started to go more – try to go – more to screenings and see what the like tastemakers are thinking but as far as box office is concerned you're absolutely right like there is no telling if you went by what the critics and buzz were saying about snow white it wouldn't have made a dime
3: yeah exactly but so. you know you go see it and you're you know I wait till after it opens and then you get an idea of okay well this is why it was a hit I mean the audience seemed to be you know really going with it um but yeah I mean Prometheus is a tough one to read um because of the fanboy enthusiasm um because you know the the that's the group that goes online and is talking about it the most, and they can kind of skew the the information they can because of how aggressive they are, they can make it seem like it's going to be bigger than it might actually be, um, but we're thinking it's going to open to fifty five million domestically, okay, which is pretty solid um, you know that's um I think that's close to what inception did. I think inception opened to like sixty so it's it's going for obviously that same so audience it's going that
1: to do a- almost about the same as snow white and the husband did
3: yeah i mean that's that's where we're at right now i mean we'll we'll change that number will probably change by wednesday when we get a better idea of how things are shaking out uh, um shaping up but yeah 55 is where we're at now i mean it, internationally snow white,
1: one thing about that do you know what the uh, cinema score rating is and how do people how are they taking to that film
3: uh yeah it was a b i want to say hold on let me double check that um which is solid and i mean the uh flickster number is also pretty good give me one second Here. <laughs> flickster numbers right yeah those, i know i put a lot of stock in them because they they have a lot of users that go on there and rate it and to me it's all about volume um Mm, well, no, that's no, no, not that great. It's got a seventy-four percent combined approval rating from one hundred forty-two thousand Flickster users. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's not.
2: Sounds like a high C.
3: Yeah, that's not very good. Um, the the, well, the well, cinema scores well, and saying, you know, not bad. You know, it's okay. Right. You know, right. Yeah, but that's not something that you you can't have people shrugging and saying it's okay in the summer because every weekend is you're you're facing a, a strong competitor. Um, you can't have lukewarm reactions. You need to be passionate and and people have to have a reason to go see your movie in the second weekend as opposed to to seeing something that's new if they didn't see it the first weekend right um, so that that to me doesn't bode too well. I mean, the B cinema score is that's good. I mean, you know it's not great because a lot of you know a lot of things that really hold up at least manage an A. I mean, a is a pretty common thing. It
2: um, feels like it had a so. good must-see quality to it. Like we were sitting there with—I was sitting there with my daughter—and I was like, "You want to go see the Avengers?" She was like, "Oh, sure, okay." And I was like, "You want to go see Snow White?" Yeah, I want to see that. You know, like it was—it was—it had. They had really good marketing, and it's Kristen Stewart. You know, and I think that 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 had a lot of juice going in. But but you're right. It's not like the Avengers in that it'll have great word of mouth and people who want to go see it again. And right, probably. Now. Yeah, that's
3: yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's enough overlap between that and Prometheus in terms of who it's appealing to, because um, so in the Huntsman, you don't get to 56 million if you don't hit guys as well. The the Hemsworth um, stuff definitely brought in, you know, Lord of the Rings fans, um, you know, and those are the, the same kind of moviegoer that'll line up for um, Prometheus. Yeah. So um, what, what did you think of Prometheus, Jeff, your overall st- reaction to it?
1: It's it's a it's a class uh, presentation with a weak story that I don't think really comes together and feels whole. It feels um, like it doesn't really uh, deliver a, a satisfying story at all. Uh, I think it's uh, it's one of those things that you come out of knowing that you've seen a an expensive film made by a classy director and it's not at all junk here you you're you certainly have been treated to a to a high-end experience and certainly in terms of atmosphere and immersion and performances but it's um, it does not deliver a story that feels satisfying and you're kind of going out going
0: hmm yeah
1: you know? so you, you have to really kind of reach to uh, to really praise it and uh david poland i think has praised it saying certainly the best film of the summer so far and all that well you know i don't think people are going to be that high on it they're going to be like yeah you know they're going to they're going to kind of be uh, you know making that little gesture with their hand you know when you when you're kind of come see come saw
2: so no one's coming out and saying i loved it
1: i haven't heard a single person say that that that's out of the question i mean it's like can you justify it can you uh, you know really get behind uh, uh, the uh and 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 can you make it sound like a good film in your review that's if you're if you're going to be one of those people that are vested in this kind of thing and they want it to be good uh you know an, an honest opinion is that it's an interesting film certainly a well made film but it's not a satisfying film hmm.
3: that worries me then because I mean if it, the 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 thing that's the big question mark still is whether this is going to appeal to just you know casual fans who aren't you know obsessed with the first the, the the alien movies the initial ones um and if if you're saying that reactions are lukewarm um that that doesn't bode well for casual people that are just thinking this is just a sci-fi movie they don't know the the background mm-hmm. which i'm sure there's a lot of people still in that camp yeah. um yeah. you know, because right. you know we live in this insula- insulated community we forget there there are people out there who you know have lives outside of movies (laughs) yeah most people aren't yeah aren't hanging on every word of you know ridley scott's pre-production on the alien prequel um so yeah i mean it's that that's not good that's not a good sign
2: you can't really make a movie for that crowd because that crowd is i mean you can make moonrise kingdom and that's kind of like for that crowd you know and it might branch out a little bit into the into the like like a. um Woody Allen's last movie what's it called (laughs) oh my god my brain Midnight in Paris Midnight in Paris it could be like that where it could sort of bleed into the general into the mainstream but all I know is when I go down to the man plant in Van Nuys and I go see movies with people down there like these are not people reading movie blogs you know these are people looking for something fun to see and they don't really care about the reviews they're just looking at concept you know And, and I'm thinking maybe those people will go for Prometheus more you know like it's Phil not says. an alien
1: movie. That's the thing. I, mean, I think most people are going to be saying, uh, "This is an alien movie, right?" Because it's Ridley Scott and it's the same. Th- you know, there's all kinds of signals that they're back on that same planet. So,
3: you know, but I it's not know, an they, alien. Yeah, movie? Yeah, but I mean, mostly I'm referring to you know teenagers and even you know other twenty somethings who don't, don't know necessarily about the alien franchise. I mean, I'm sure there there are people out there like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
2: right. Right, sure, and a lot of people who would even know about Alien wouldn't necessarily know about Alien. They would know about all the Alien sequels, just like Jaws, you know. Uh huh. But, um, but mm-hmm. so you're saying it's not an Alien movie? There's no Alien in it.
1: Well, yes, there are, there are life forms, but not the Alien. He that I mean that this is a spoiler. I shouldn't say anything, but Mm-mm. there there ain't no aliens as you you and I commonly know them in this film, except yeah. at the very end, and it doesn't matter. And that's just a total setup for the next film. And it's uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of icky when, when you are... Uh, movies should always uh, stand on their own. They should have an ending that makes sense. There shouldn't be this like, well, that ends the story for now. However, wait until the next well, one.
2: Well, that was his problem yeah. with, with Robin Hood. Robin Hood was like a movie that was waiting for another movie. You know, it was like by the end of it, it was like, okay, now here comes the next movie. Well, then that movie seems interesting. But Robin Hood seemed really not interesting at all. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if Ridley Scott has hit that plateau that some... Were we talking about this, Jeff? I can't remember if it was you and me talking about it or not. But Mm -hmm. where some directors just hit a plateau. Either they're starting to believe their own publicity or they've they've lost their way somehow. Or they have too many yes-men around them. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like they plateau and there's nothing... There's no new juice coming in. And they can't quite overcome that and so it's just it's just a matter of waiting it out until they stop making movies you know and um, I don't think it's I think it's too early to call that in on Ridley Scott for sure but uh, I don't know you just have well to- he
3: is 74 right I mean he's 74 right. years old I think yeah so I mean, I mean at some point know, it, it not to becomes, be pessimistic but I you know, know. Every, every movie he makes is kind of a gift at this point you know right. it's not guaranteed anything um yeah.
1: got a very good eye and a very good sense of style. I don't think he's slowing down. I'm not saying that. I think that it's just... Uh, he. Uh, I know people who have sat in a room and kind of spitballed ideas and concepts and whatnot, and he's not the... Um, he's, he's a camera guy. He's a, he's a visual look guy, yeah, and, and, and as far as it goes, an innovative person who knows how to really make a film feel uh first rate and classy and sharp and engaging on a pure visual level uh in a polite way i'm saying he's not the the most dynamic uh, um story story story. yeah
2: right well is it like is it as bad as robin hood that's all i want to know because robin hood was not even a movie i'd want to see twice because nothing happens in it
1: I'd say it's a little more intriguing than Robin Hood because there is the threat of danger and it's exotic and it's a good futuristic, uh, uh, you know, look at what, uh, um, you know, it's it's interesting. It's a prequel to Alien and Aliens uh, because it's happening, you know, what, 100 years before or 50 years before. And yet the technology, because... (laughs)
2: It's more advanced. God
1: is determined to make it as, as cool and as cutting edge as possible is so is light years beyond what Tom Skerritt thornney yeah. Weaver and those guys had.
2: which is what makes alien such a purely brilliant film. I was thinking about it when the reviews for Prometheus started coming in on Twitter like how would the fanboy set react to alien if it was mm-hmm. released now? Mm-hmm. What would they think about it? Would they still appreciate it? Would they think it was too slow? You know would it because it takes <laughs> that movie takes a full hour to get to the first killing.
1: Oh, it's great. I just love it It is
2: one of the best. It's a perfect film. and uh, so what made aliens so great among many, many? wonderful qualities about it was that it was a ten little indians idea You like yeah. the thing you know is that is is prometheus like that that they ticked off one by one until there's one last yeah
1: but i'll tell you it's very abrupt uh when, when these things happen they don't really milk it and there's one sequence that um uh, it's absolutely stupid and it's nonsensical um
2: spoiler warning
1: Uh, It's a a natural thing that if you and I, Sasha, were walking in the woods and we saw a snake-like figure pop its head out of a mud puddle, we would not say to it, oh, you know, what a cute little bunny rabbit, you know, what a cute little animal. (laughs) Let's pet it. Maybe (laughs) Believe me, nobody's going to do that in the fucking universe. And these guys do it because they're stupid and... It's just—it's one of the bad, worst scenes of that type of scene. I just couldn't mm. believe that that they had them uh, act that way. But.
2: So they—you mean because they let it in? They let it—they let the thing in.
1: They didn't—they didn't, they didn't uh, respond with sufficient concern and trepidation. And uh, so, geez. just
2: to it's clarify, hurtful. and again, this is a spoiler. I'm going to put a spoiler warning at the beginning of this podcast, but just to make people not.
1: Okay. Agitate. Um, but but uh, it's gonna it's gonna be the talking point in the bar afterwards after people see it say, so, you know, who would be that dumb?" But they they do it. Who would
2: be that dumb? Well, is can I just ask you is the monster the monster's not the alien, it's like a parent of the alien or a what? Yeah,
1: I'm a kind of a parent. It's like a it's like a snake that goes into your mouth and occupies you.
2: Sounds kind of interesting. I think if they had low-tech <laughs> it more not it not
1: would dull. Be I'm not saying it's a dull Dull film. It's, it, it's it's not bad. It's better. I think it's more of a uh, interesting ride than Robin Hood was. Yeah, it's a completely different type of animal, of course, than Robin Hood. Robin Hood was kind of an origin story.
2: Because um, it yeah. seems so sleek, and you know, I would think that if it was going to be along Alien lines, like you said, it would be a little more low tech and grunge than like Blade Runner yeah. and Alien than it is like Star Trek, which is what it looks it's, like. It, it is.
1: It is almost like Star Trek. It's you know, holograms are a big part of this. And, uh,
2: right, uh, and not to be seen at all in Alien Yeah Well, that's some kind of a that's big mistake That
1: explained to me, Sasha That the reason Alien and Aliens are lower tech Certainly Aliens, low tech is, is uh, the, the crew on Alien is on a, uh, basically a, a tanker, a steamer They don't have the, the height of technology at their disposal Right, and except
2: for they, that's ridiculous Because everybody knows that the Army has all the good tech stuff the military, yeah, yeah. our military has tech stuff that we could never even imagine touching yeah. ever in our lifetimes. Yeah. So they, yeah, believe buy that. me, yeah. they've got all the high-tech stuff going on. That's where we put it all first, the military.
1: But they went, well, wait, the first one, though, the first alien was just people, you know, uh, taking oil back to the, you know, across the ocean. I mean, that they, they were, they were not, um, I can, I can accept that they would not be given the slickest vehicle but one that is just rudimentary and, and basic. I, I could see that.
0: Anyway.
2: Yeah, not aliens though because they were a high military operation. That's true.
1: That's true. That was that was um, just, I love that film. I could see I that again. Yeah, They're
2: both great. I even like Alien 3. Those are the only 3 of them I like though the but, fincher
1: you like the yeah, david Fincher? yeah i
2: love of course it's david fincher but yeah no um the first one of course is the best but mm-hmm. what are you gonna do like i, I think the
1: camerons is the best closely very closely followed by the second by the first one and then i lumped the other three the jean paul jeunet uh, resurrection the uh, uh the fincher which was, i think it was just called alien three right
2: well yeah aliens to me was was undone by the typical cameron schmaltz which if he just takes that out it's a good movie but all the stuff with the kid and everything it just oh me. no
1: you know that it, the, the thing about aliens uh phil have you ever seen or sasha have you ever seen the extended director's cut version of that
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. but i think it's even a better film than the than the theatrical it's got all this stuff um, it's about her daughter, and you get to see her daughter talk a little bit more, yeah, and, and you it's really okay. understand her her connection with Newt because she's lost her daughter. Her daughter's gotten old and died, and uh, it's That's very ripping. Right. You know? It's okay,
2: I, I, but but you know it has all the stuff with you know they have to put a love interest in there, and and of course Alien, there's no need for that. You know, it's just we're yeah. soldiers, we're fighting, and we're fighting yeah. this monster, and she's just another grunt. Mm. In Aliens, you know, it starts the mythologizing of Ripley. Okay. You know, it's fine. I'm not going to complain about it. It's still a great movie, but Alien, to me, is better. But that's okay. just a matter of opinion, I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right, so, what, uh, so Phil, what do we got to look forward to over the next two, three weeks that's going to... Um, oh, by the way, um, we should acknowledge, shouldn't we, just for the record, that um, that Avengers is now the all-time yep. number three, right?
2: Yep.
3: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's the ultimate number one and two,
3: Phil? uh, Titanic and Avatar. Okay.
2: Nothing's ever (laughs) going to touch Avatar. (laughs) Maybe Titanic.
3: I mean, no, no, it won't even get to Titanic. I mean, Titanic's at 658, and, you know, um, Avengers is at, you know, past, like, 534 or whatever. 658 Um, domestic or worldwide? Yeah, Yeah, domestic. That's just domestic. And that's, you know, that's not adjusting. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's... uh, yeah no no way Avengers gets even remotely close to that it doesn't have another 120 million Mm dollars left in it um so yeah which I mean I'm just kind of in general bummed that it beat Dark Knight but I think um Dark Knight Rises will will come back and, and beat it I think it has the potential to do that because the any anything that's a last installment always does really well and and Warner Brothers is drilling at home that this is it you know this is the last of the the Christopher Nolan Christian Bale Batman movies and that's a that's a dangerous thing you know that can do some serious damage
2: it's gonna have to be good though I mean to me Christopher Nolan can basically do no wrong I even like Insomnia which I've seen recently again
1: that's a good film it It really is it's totally underrated Insomnia
2: is excellent it's so good. That was, a per- that was a perfect ending you know.
1: I need to go to sleep. You know, he finally gets to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That was really good. That was a that was one of the better things uh, on a minor key that he's ever done. I think
2: it really is. If you just watch it from a purely director standpoint, because obviously he didn't write it like he has his other things, but mm-hmm. um, but the visuals on that are so incredible. The way he he uses the hallucinations and the flash imagery all the way through it. It's just it's a solid thriller the only tiny weak point is robin williams but i think after a while you get used to him you know mm-hmm. um and you stop thinking of him as robin williams Right. and Hilary swank is really good in that sure
3: yeah yeah she has a great role very conflicted i like her you know journey and i, I like the note they leave it with um you know with her character at the end she's you, you know she has this big decision she has to make and they don't Tell you necessarily which way she's going to go.
2: Yeah, and um, I, and if I
3: remember I it correctly, right? They leave that on a very open-ended thing with her because she has, you know, she can she has the evidence and she can, you know, t- tell on um, Pacino's character. But yeah, well, because he's know, so
2: the way he guides her is so great. He says, you know, the he catches her at first when she's about to turn in her sloppy police report, which is fixing basically fixing his, and she he knows that that she's got it wrong because he knows that he shot him, right? So he tells her to go back and do the report again and she looks at him strangely and, of course, she eventually figures it out and then at the end when she says, don't worry, I won't let anyone know, he says, Uh don't lose your way, Ellie, don't lose your way. It's just so great, you know, that the two characters... You know, no screen kiss, no sexual tension, just two yeah. characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to me, <laughs> Nolan can really do no wrong, so I can't imagine this, this movie being bad, but, you know, you just never know, I guess.
1: My feeling, um, as I wrote in the column uh, earlier today, is that I, <clears throat> I'm just starting to feel, maybe it's because I've been watching the teasers and the trailers um, for quite some time now, and I'm just starting to feel um, kind of over oversaturated with that film, and I, and I have a feeling that it's, Going to be, um, it can't not be a well-made film, and it's going to be pretty satisfying in, in 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 numerous ways. But I just feel like I really don't want to see another one, and I kind of wonder, um, is was there really a need to see this? But I'm sure I'll change. I'll be a little more positive once I actually see it. I just don't feel that. I feel kind of like here we go again. You know. Um,
2: mm, I don't know. I, I feel like well, there are just a few directors I can count, maybe on one hand, whose movies. I really look forward to seeing because I know they just bring it. You know, they bring it. And Christopher Nolan is absolutely one of those guys. I just know that even if it's a slightly weak story, if some of the performances are bad, it's not really gonna matter. Yeah. Because I know that he will just give hundred and ten percent. You know. Sorry, Phil, you were about to say something. Yeah.
3: Well no, I mean it is exhausting the way they you know, they introduce the movie, you know, basically a full year before it comes out. You get the first (laughs) teaser image and it's just this slow leak of information, and yeah, by the time you get to the the movie comes out, I can understand why you would say, you know, I'm kind of sick of it already. Because yeah, it's just ever ending hype machine that is running for so long. So, but yeah. that's what they have to do. That's that's how they get to the, you know six hundred million dollars domestically.
1: Is you that what the uh, Dark Knight uh, did?
3: No, I mean the Dark Knight did five hundred thirty three. I mean right now we're. our our prediction is hovering right around that for for what it can do in terms of the queue Um, but I also think if it's a really great movie it can just really break out because you know it's coming out at the end of July which is when it's basically the same release date as the the last night and it's also when they put out Harry Potter so that the end of July is a great time to, to release a movie because you head into August and there's not yeah, there there is competition in August, but it's not as bad as what you hit in like May and June, and in the early July. Um, so it's always a good thing for a movie in terms of its staying power. So I'm optimistic about this.
1: Yeah, what was the big first weekend tally for Dark Knight? Can you recall what that is? What, what that? Was? Um,
3: it was like 156, I want to say. Wow. And that was the record up until Harry Potter.
1: What have uh, Dark Knight Rises estimated to make for its first weekend? Is it going to open on a Friday or a Wednesday? I'm not even
3: sure. Yeah, it's Friday. Um, we're we're saying 180. Um, okay. You know, and which add 3D to this movie, it, it would beat Avengers. I have no doubt about that. Um, that would be in the bag. Forget about it. Lights out. But you know, Nolan has held his ground there. I'm sure Warner Brothers has been pushing as much as they possibly can to to you know do this one in 3D, but he just doesn't believe in it. Um, wow.
2: But. That's interesting. So, when I saw Dark Knight, I saw it in IMAX, but I didn't see it in 3D, right?
3: No, it didn't. Yeah, that wasn't released in 3D. And this one isn't either.
2: He doesn't need 3D. That's what's so great about him, you know?
3: No, he doesn't. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see what he could do with it. And I think eventually he will be in a position where he'll want to use it. Um. And he, and he will. I mean, I think just the pressure of the industry will get to him eventually. Um, and, you know, all his contemporaries doing it and saying, look, you can do this, you can do this, you can do it right. Um, it doesn't have to be a gimmick. You know, eventually he'll fold, and, and that'll be a interesting movie to watch, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, any of his movies, if you could imagine them in 3D, they just would be incredible.
3: <laughs> but Oh, Inception? Yeah, I know. I can right? see them re releasing that in 3D. <laughs>
2: Inception. <laughs> the hallway fight yeah. in 3D. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, the the remarkable thing about him is that his movies are visually stunning, even without that 3D, you know? And Scorsese doesn't really need it either. It definitely enhanced Hugo, um, but if he didn't have 3D to work with in Hugo, he, I bet he would have worked harder to make it more visually appealing without the 3D. Yeah.
3: You yeah. know? Well, he said an interesting thing at, at CinemaCon um, about how you know he's a big believer in 3d and how he feels you know every project could be in 3d now so i'm wondering if he's going to try um and i think i forget who was interviewing jeff was it was todd mccarthy doing that one i think yeah they kind of dropped the ball by not asking him if he was going to do wolf of wall street in 3d um yeah that'll be interesting to see if he does Mm -hmm. i don't think he will i thought he said that he was only
2: going to do 3d from now on though didn't he
3: yeah, I mean that's kind of what he's implying. So, and then he makes his next project a movie about Wall Street. So, you yeah. know, I mean it's kind of we'll see. I mean, you know, is he going to want to do that in 3D? would I'd, I'd love to see what he could do on on Wall Street in 3D. You know, yeah. that, that would be interesting. I'm sort of Scorsese iffy on it. Scorsese shooting New York in 3D. Yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. cool. <laughs> but, yeah.
2: I, you know, Scorsese and Cameron are the two that I've seen use it to where it was valuable. But I, you know, for the most part, like when they put animated. Movies in 3D and stuff. It's just, I mean, it's okay and everything, but it's so uncomfortable to watch movies that way that it seems like if they don't have to do it, they shouldn't, you know?
3: No, I, I disagree with that. I, I'm a fan of I, some of my favorite uh, 3D movies have been animated. I just like the fact that they have complete control over everything, and I think that's a, a better, that's a good asset if you're going to make a movie in 3D. Like, Up in 3D was great, you know, mm-hmm. because you have complete control over the universe. You can do whatever you want to do um so I, th- I yeah i like animation in 3d i think it's a good fit
2: hmm, that's good so what other movies do you like in 3d that are animated besides up
3: uh, most of the pixar stuff the i pixar. mean toy story 3 was great in, in 3d you know i like that um i'm trying to think of an, another one so, I, I mean the the DreamWorks stuff the Dreamworks just isn't on the same level as pixar um like kung fu panda 2 was was pretty good in 3d um but the story, was I was just you know sleeping my way through it. But yeah. visually, it was good.
2: Is so. um obviously Brave is going to be released in 3D then.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's going to be great. Uh, Jeff, were you there when they showed the 30 minutes of that at CinemaCon, or did you? Uh, did you ask which them right one? There? I'm sorry. For Brave at, at the Disney presentation. No,
1: I missed. I missed Brave, and I also missed the Ang Lee. So that was the big. Yeah, one. I
3: missed Ang Lee's too. I wish I'm upset about. I really wish I would have been there for that. Um, but, yeah, they showed 30 Minutes of Brave, and, and Sasha, that's going to 100% – women are going to love that. They're just going to eat it up. It is 100% you know, a, a female empowerment kind of movie. No, oh, that's great. Um, I know my
2: daughter's already excited about seeing it. I know I'm always yeah. like, my daughter, my daughter. But, I mean, I think it's interesting to think of what like a 14-year-old thinks about the movies now. But she does – she has made a point. She doesn't often, but – she has made a point of saying how much she really wants to see that. We're seeing it this month. I think there's a screening this month coming up at the Yell Cat. Oh, cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, she'll eat it up. It's it's a, a great mess. And and this is just, you know, based on the thirty minutes I saw. Um, it's just yeah, you know, it, it's gonna tap into the same audience and went crazy about, you know, Hunger Games and help and, and, and Snow White and everything with, you know, strong female characters. Yeah, that's um,
2: definitely the trend right now, for sure. Yeah. I hope it's more than the trend. I,
3: I really do. I mean, I hope it's Hollywood finally waking up and, and saying that, you know, if they they make movies with women that aren't, you know, the, the love interest, they can make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope I hope that's the case, and I hope it continues that way. Because have, we haven't come really that far from the 1940s. No, you know, I know.
2: And, and money talks, obviously, in Hollywood. So the yeah. fact that Snow White and Hunger Games both did so well, that's going to change, I think, the way people look at it. Um, female openers like that where it doesn't always have to be the katherine heigl or the sex in the city kind of thing you know
3: yeah yeah because i mean so, so thinking sex in the city is as a female empowerment thing is a joke i'm sorry i know that's that's sense you know and that, that's, that really that's is. that's the
2: problem i'm having um, with girls right now which i was just arguing about on twitter because it's i love lena dunham and i'm 100 percent behind her as an artist and as a new voice but I'm so sick of watching that show because, like, last night's episode was just about boys, relationships. That's it, you know? And that's, like, the same old, same old that women filmmakers have been doing forever, you know? And it, it's tiresome to me. And, and people disagree with me. They say, oh, give her a chance. You know, she's, don't pick on her. You know, first it was a racism, now it's this. But, and I agree with that. I'm still supportive of her, but I think it doesn't help her to be condescending about what she's doing. It helps her to talk about it. You know, like she, as a young woman in her 20s, is making movies, but her character is just chasing around after boys, you know. They go to these expensive colleges and they land in New York and that's all they've got to account for it is, I'm dating this boy, I'm dating that boy. And all the, the men in the show get to be like creative artists, musicians, um, playwrights and you know the women are just Kind of these background characters talking Whining about their boyfriends you know It's tiresome so I hope it changes mm-hmm. I really do Because that's passe yeah, by now seen
3: an episode of it, But that just sounds yeah depressing <laughs> Yeah
2: it's feeling passe It's like you're saying about sex in the city being In any way you know uh, Representative Of women it's just not I mean there's more stories to tell than those So um, Yeah not to end on a depressing note. I'm trying to be up. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff's, uh, <laughs> Jeff
3: Jeff's zoned, zoned out. Down.
2: We lost him. <laughs> Jeff.
3: I'm here. Oh, good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Were you just writing a post this whole time? Oh uh, uh, no, no, not
1: a post. Uh, just a letter came in. I just thought oh, I'd let a you quick guys email. Talk for a
2: <laughs> Well, we well we just <laughs> yammered on and on about nothing. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that, that's an issue that's been on my mind a lot lately because I've been getting. Um, A lot of, you know, um, the woman who writes for IndieWire, Melissa Silverstein, um, she interviewed me about it. Um, It was a big topic at CinemaCon, and yeah, you know, I think it's an important issue and, and, you know, one that needs to be examined and and talked about. And I I hope it, like I said, I hope it's not a trend. I hope this is a a changing of the guard in a sense of what you can get away with when you make a, a big budget You know, Hollywood film that you don't have to cop out to just turning a woman into a love interest. I think that's a a good thing, and it bodes well for every other group of people that you know isn't portrayed the way they should be in in Hollywood. I mean, I'd love to see. You know, I'm I'm Italian. You know, and I'd love to see once a movie where the the main cast is not dominated by mobsters. You know, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I love Goodfellas. I love everything like that, but. I mean that—that's just what permeates. That's what sells. And until somebody can come along and make a movie about in, intelligent uh, Italian people, then you know we're going to be stuck with that. Yeah. It's a lot of groups are like that, you know.
2: It's true. Yeah. It's very true. So. Well, we'll right. see. Hopefully, it'll uh, it'll it'll really be a mark of of a big change. I just remember the last big change was sort of when they were talking about Penny Marshall and Nora Ephron and Mimi Leader as being like the hundred million dollar female directors, but it turned out that all their movies were about most of them, not necessarily Penny Marshall or I think Barbara Streisand tried to make movies that weren't about that, but. Uh, I mean, we're not even talking at this point about female filmmakers. We're talking about just subject matter, whether or not it's uh, written and directed by women. In fact, Veep, you know, is a great show on HBO that has wonderful female characters, and that, of course, is conceived and written by men. So, I don't know. It's an interesting topic Mm -hmm. of discussion that everybody's tired of talking about, except Phil. All
1: right, well, let's go for next weekend. I'll be here again, and... um... And um, and maybe we can get Tom to come in uh, this time. Yeah,
2: so we can talk Oscars. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right, All guys. Right, All
3: right, thanks. guys. To nice to talk to Bye. you. Okay. You will. Bye.
2: Bye. You've been listening to episode 80 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com, Phil Contrino from BoxOffice.com, and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OscarPodcast. And the bumper music today was Changing, the Airborne Toxic Event and Man on Fire, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Thanks for listening.
0: I'm a man on fire Walking through your street With one guitar And two dancing feet Only one desire it's left in me on the whole damn world to come dance with me